Hi, this is Terry Dismore, and you're listening to the Quiz the Diz podcast. Terry brings years of experience in consulting, management, leadership, and life. In this podcast, Terry answers questions about these topics, bringing wisdom from a kingdom perspective. Our website is quizthediz.com. Now here's the Diz. Last time on the Quiz the Diz podcast, I talked to you about the difference between poverty and wealth. What is the difference between poverty and wealth? Well, we think it has to do with how much cash you have. And I ended the show last time saying, no, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with how much cash you have. It has to do with your heart. Well, I didn't leave that part in the last time. It does have to do with your heart. So what is a wealth mentality in your heart? Wealth mentality means you believe in abundance. Now, God has told us already that he has come to give us an abundant life, a life more abundant. We know that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We know that all in the universe is his. He's the one that designed it. He's the one that created it. So we know what wealth is. We recognize wealth, but we don't recognize poverty. Poverty is kind of a scary thing. You're like, well, I don't know what poverty is. Poverty means you just don't have any money, right? No. Poverty, and this is according to my pastor Gary Cassie, and I love this phrase, poverty is a fear of lack. All right, let me say that again for you in case you missed it. Poverty is a fear of lack. So you're afraid you're not going to have anything. I had an interview one time with a guy and I said, what's the vision that you have for your organization? Pretty good sized organization. It was a, it was a spiritual organization. Let's just put it that way. Uh, in Christian. So none of that stuff going on. I said, what is the vision? He goes, well, I believe my vision is to protect those that got me here. What? It's to protect those that got you. Listen, they didn't get you here. God got you to where you are. This is a Christian organization. God got you to where you are. Well, he didn't see it that way. He thought his job was to protect those that got him there. And so he still has a large organization, but it doesn't do a lot. It doesn't disciple people. It doesn't show them that it's okay to be risky from time to time. No, wait a minute. What do you mean risky? Are you saying that the kingdom of God is risky? Well, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is taken by force. That means that we got to go take things, that we've got to take territory. Now, we all know that there's a verse in the Bible that says that we are more than conquerors. Now, what do conquerors do? Well, conquerors take territory and they change culture. Well, we're seeing right now in our midst the difficulty of a group that thinks that they can't change the culture. And that that would be the church over the last 50 or 60 or 70 years. like, we can't do anything about it. Well, absolutely we can. A couple of weeks ago, we had a major decision in the Supreme Court that showed that those that believed in life and life more abundantly can win, but they have to stand up for what they believe in. Now, you may or may not agree with that decision. That's all right. But these people that stood for it believed in the sanctity of life. And again, you can believe like you want to, but I believe that we need to understand that that is a wealth mentality. Poverty means a fear of lack. In other words, I'm going to lose everything because you know, there are wealthy people out there that got, well, let's put it this way. They're rich people, rich people that have a lot of money, right? But they're afraid they're going to lose it all. They'll hoard it. My sister-in-law used to live across the street from a lady uh, years ago. 
and she and her husband didn't have electricity. They didn't have running water. Uh, she canned everything. She made and uh, everything. Uh, she repaired, you know, darned socks and all that kind of stuff for years. Well, when her husband died, she found out that he had a fortune that they'd never been able to spend any of it. So she threw that guy's body in a pine box, threw him in the ground, went out and lived her life. Why? Because he was afraid of losing everything, so he never lived. Well, God doesn't intend for us to be like that. He doesn't intend for us to stay in a poverty mentality. Now, there are people that take a vow of poverty in certain religious sects, and I understand that. Now, you know I've said on this show before, when I say I understand something, doesn't mean I agree with it. But they take a vow of poverty because they want to have nothing between them and God. So here's what I want to know about those folks. When they get to heaven and God is sitting on a gold throne, he has streets that are paved of gold. He has gates on his city that are made out of pearls, which are very valuable. When he has beryl and onyx and all these different kind of rare minerals making up every part of his city, what are they going to think? Why did I do that? Why did I take a vow of poverty? Well, nothing could come between me and God. Here's what I think, is they don't trust God enough to say, here's what I want you to have, and here's how I want you to use it. Can you expand my kingdom by blessing? Well, the Bible says in Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no sorrow to it. Interesting. It really says that. Matter of fact, one translation says the blessing of the Lord makes me rich. The word wealth there that is translated in some versions is actually the word rich. Now, rich and poor have to do with cash. Wealth and poverty have to do with the matter of the heart. Several years ago, I worked with a group called WealthSmart. Now, WealthSmart sold an insurance product that was a very specific product, and I liked what they did. As a matter of fact, I was one of the founders of the company. I didn't put any money into it, but I put a lot of sweat equity into it. And I believe that we could teach people how to be wealthy. Absolutely. We just left one little tiny thing out, and that was this. We didn't make anybody sell anything. See, in order to be rich, you have to increase the value of the things that you have, the things that you have to sell. So I uh, once years ago, I had um, I worked at a plastic place, and the Ford Motor Company called and said, we need this specific part made of this specific plastic, and we need it by Thursday or our line is going to go down. Well, Ford Motor Company couldn't afford to have their line to go down, and I didn't want to make too much, but I knew that by them identifying the fact that they were in danger of losing a whole lot more than I was going to charge them, that I could make a little more than I normally would. That's not a poverty mentality. That's a wealth mentality. That's an abundance mentality. Well, several years later, I was telling a friend of mine that story, and she said, well, you made too much money. And I'm like, according to who? I did what Ford needed. They paid a price they agreed to and liked and I got them the product before they needed it. So who was hurt in that situation? Well, you know, now, of course, you have people all the time when somebody gives away a lot of money or spends a lot of money. Well, they could have fed the poor. Are you feeding the poor? Are you taking care of everybody? 
Quit griping about people who got more money than you do. You know, you're embarrassed about it. You're bashful about it. And you're angry that somebody else, uh, there's a guy uh, that I really like named Chris Vallotton, and he talks about how to tell if you've got a poverty mindset in a blog that he wrote several years ago. So he says this, if you recognize any of these seven signs in your life, you may have a poverty mindset. One, you require your close friends to have an exclusive relationship with you. Why would that be? Well, you're afraid that they're going to find somebody else that they like more than you. That's a poverty mindset. It's not an abundance mindset. This is the way I look at it. If my friends have more friends, I'm going to have more friends too. That's the way it works. I mean, we've seen that play out on Facebook over the last few years. My wife and I have, I don't know, maybe 13 or 1400 mutual friends. Now, I realize not everybody on Facebook is your friend. Some of them are acquaintances. Some people just want a piece of you. Or they want to know what you're doing, or you make them laugh, or whatever. I get that. But if you require your close friends to have an exclusive an exclusive relationship with you, you got a problem there. Uh, number two, you may have a poverty mindset if you assign negative motives to people who are prosperous, famous, or powerful. And that is so stinking prevalent in our nation today. It's like, well, they're wealthy. They must be bad. No. No, they're not. Not necessarily. They may be, but they're not necessarily bad. There are a lot of people out there to have a lot of money that are pretty good people. Now, but they got more than I do. I know. Uh, why? Have you ever asked God why they have more than you do? Wouldn't you like to have the abundance that he's provided for them? Now, in some cases, you may say, well, he hadn't provided that for him. Hey, listen, all abundance comes from God. It's the enemy that corrupts it. All right, remember that. All the blessing, all the wealth comes from God. It's the enemy that corrupts it. Number three, you're jealous of people who have more than you have. Kind of goes along with what we just said a minute ago. So I go over to somebody's house. And they've got a nice house. I'm like, this is nice. This is great. Uh, our uh, pastors, Gary and Drenda, they have a very nice house. And I've been over there, but I've seen people that go in thinking it's a little too nice. Says who? Did they earn it? Did they pay for it? Have they taken from someone? Have they stolen from someone? No. He ran a business, runs a business, and makes good money have what he wants to have. Does that make it bad for me? No, it, sometimes it's like, oh, I'd like to have that. I, what do I need to do to get that? And you know what I do? I don't ask him. I ask the Lord what I need to get that. All right. Number four, you may have a poverty mindset if you find a problem with every opportunity and are terrified of taking risks. Man, there are so many people out there that don't want to take a risk. I've made some mistakes. And you know where I made the first mistake? was trying to conserve what I didn't ask God if I could keep. So when we lost our house, I thought it was because God was trying to teach me a lesson. Some of you are going, oh, yeah, dang tootin', that's why. Like, let me ask you this. You got kids? Mm -hmm. Would you break their arm to teach them a lesson? Well, heavens no. Why would you do that? Well, when you assign ulterior and bad motives to God, you're doing the same thing. You're saying, well, my father, he'll break my leg to keep me from making a mistake. No, but he will use everything that happens to you for your good. That is a promise from the Lord. Not everything that happens to you is sent by God, but everything that happens to you can be used by him. That's a, that's a toughie. 
How about this? You may have a poverty mindset. This is from Chris Valentin. If you always feel like something is about to go wrong. I used to have a favorite phrase and nay, my lovely bride hated it. And that's this. I'm just waiting for the next shoe to drop. Well, first of all, why am I dropping shoes? I mean, is there a reason that I want to drop shoes? Obviously, it's a it's a horseshoe comment, but you know, you get the point. Not everything is always going to go wrong. As a matter of fact, today I'm like, okay, Lord, what's next? You remember when you were a kid and you'd crawl up in your dad's lap and go, what are we going to do next, dad? That's the idea of a wealthy person. It's an idea of a poverty person to try to keep what you have so that nothing can happen to you. Number six, you live in shame. Mm. He says here, guilt says I did something wrong, but shame says I am something wrong. Let me tell you something. You are not something wrong. You may have been created by a man and a woman that got together in a sexual assault and your mother didn't want that, but that's what happened. Can I tell you something? God loves you. He has a plan for your life. It doesn't matter where you started. It matters where you go. Finally, you may have a poverty mindset if you feel like a powerless victim. See, victimhood comes from the enemy. It's not something that God brings. And you know why he doesn't bring that? Because he's never said that we're the victim of anything. Now, we find ourselves in a victim-like situation. We all do. Everybody does. But here's the truth. We don't have to stay there. As a matter of fact, when we do stay there, it's because we don't trust God to have a better answer for us. So let's go back to what I was talking about with God in the first place, and that's this. God has an answer for us. We've talked about that from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. The eye hasn't seen, the ear hasn't heard, or the mind of man imagine what God has in store for them. Yet it has been revealed to us by his Spirit. He wants you to know. All you got to do is ask. That's what this last set of podcasts has been about. We're going to continue with it next week, too. It's been about, have you asked God what he thinks? And when God told me that you're a man of wealth and you have a unique talent for money, I haven't done enough with it yet, but I intend to continue to do more with it so I can learn what he means by that. And I encourage you to do the same thing. When you're asking God, what do you mean by I'm a man of wealth, or what do you mean uh, I'm a woman of intelligence? What do you mean by these things? I don't feel that way, but that's how God sees you. And you've got to ask him when he says something to you, what he means and how to get there. All right, so next time, this is going to be great. Next time, we're going to talk about the time God asked me why I wanted to be in radio, and he already knew the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Our website is quizthatis.com. You can reach me there or at 614-382-2582 or send me a note, terry at quizthatis.com. Hey, I want to thank all the folks from Not The Bee that have been listening lately. I've been talking to some of my friends on Not The Bee, which is a is a social site I really like. It's related to the Babylon Bee, which is a uh, website that most of you know is a uh, Christian satire site. So I really appreciate you listening. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I appreciate that. And be sure to rate it on your favorite podcast app. And remember this, God has a plan for you, and I'm here to help you find it. The Quiz the Diz podcast is produced by Prosper Leadership. Our website is quizthediz.com, or you can reach us at 614-382-2582. 
Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and let your friends know about Quiz the Diz. Quiz the Diz.